Welcome to Bring Your Own Popcorn. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we force our opinions into your hearing holes. What we lack in education, we make up for with rants, raves, and rambles. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, here today with a very special guest, a comic from Lodi and one of my favorite comedians in a 300 mile radius. Please welcome Rhoda D. Ramon. Hello, so happy to be here. Thank you so much for being on. You chose a very fun movie, which we're going to talk about later. But before we get to that, I have a couple other questions to ask you about your experience with movies, just to kind of get a sense of, of what kind of moviegoer you are and where your where your heart lies with film. Sounds good. First question is, do you remember the first movie that you saw in the movie theater? I do. I was trying to rack my brain this morning about it and... Beauty and the Beast is the first one that I can remember going to see. And my dad took me to see it at the Valley Theater in Lodi and would have been probably six or seven. And I remember it was New Year- it was Christmas Eve. And I think it was just kind of like my dad's way of getting me out of the house so that my mom could get ready for, you know, because we always had a big Christmas Eve party. So I think it was kind of just his way of trying to help her get organized and stuff. And, and we went to see Beauty and the Beast. That's such a cute thing to do. Like you get to go do something fun. And so people are yelling at you. And yeah. then also you're out of the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Getting everyone out of the way. Do you remember like, your experience of it like were you scared I know there's some scary moments in that movie I have kind of a a, one of the fun dads which is both good and bad so we didn't get shielded a lot as far as like content stuff goes so I remember watching like good fellas at a very young age and stuff and so the the one thing that I do remember is at the beginning of the movie they have this little like intro story where it's kind of like old school cartoonish looking thing. Oh. Like glass. I, I, for, I don't even know how to reference it, but I just remember being like, I hope the rest of the movie is not like this, but that <laughs> ended up being like the actual cartoon that I was relieved. But I remember that. That's the only thing I remember. But because, um, you know, when you grow up and you're like, this is my Disney, my Disney princess. I always really liked Belle because she was smart and brunette and liked books. And so did I. Hell yeah. I think I feel like she was probably one of mine too. I went for the brown ones. So Esmeralda and uh, Mulan, although Mulan isn't brown, but like she's like not white, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I, I gravitated the towards them. princesses. <laughs> yeah, the ethnic princesses. Uh, but yeah, the fact that Belle loved books and, and I love books was yeah. always relatable. <laughs> yeah. What was the last movie that you saw in theaters before all of this madness a little a little thing called you know covid that happened COVID. Never heard of it. <laughs> i'll tell you about it later <laughs> um that's a that's a great question 29 okay so it would have been late 2019 2020 i honestly i don't remember Neither. what was the last one that you saw it might have been parasite but yeah, it's like so hard to remember because I wasn't going into it thinking like, I'm not going to be back here for years, you know? <laughs> so I wasn't like consciously noticing because usually I go to the theater pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I think it might have been Parasite. I saw, I, I just keep thinking it's like Black Panther, but that was way earlier than that. Oh yeah, that was 2018, I think. Yeah, so I know it wasn't that, but it'll come to me in the middle of the night and then I'll, <laughs> and then I'll text you just like, edit it in. 
Well, I mean, that works because so Black Panther is the last movie you remember seeing in theaters, yeah. which, which means that it must have been like a significant experience or significant movie. It was. I mean, that's kind of, there's always that question of whether or not we think that actual movie theaters are going to go away. And I don't know if necessarily they ever will be the same as they were, but I definitely don't think they'll go away just because when I think about like the experience of Black Panther or the first couple times that I've caught like a midnight showing of something and just how fun it is to watch with a whole crowd experiencing the movie, especially if it's the first time that they're seeing it. And there's just kind of something special about that opening night. And especially Black Panther, there was this energy in the air that everyone was so excited about. We got to see it in IMAX. And it was, yeah, they were giving out like posters. People were dressing up. and How fun. Yeah, it was super, super fun. But even, I mean, there's times too when it's not, when it's just seeing a movie in the theater and experiencing it with a crowd. Like I had seen... Casablanca a bunch of times before and then one day they were playing the old movie series at the crest yeah and so I think I saw you there too right yeah I think yeah, we saw okay. each other there <laughs> yeah okay so like that particular evening and I'm glad that you were there so maybe you can kind of like see if you felt that same way but I had watched the movie before but obviously it came out in the 40s. So I did, I had, you know, never watched it in the movie theater. And there were just times when I would laugh that I never had laughed at before. But watching it with the whole crowd, you're like, that is a really funny line. Or like seeing it, experiencing it with the crowd was so much fun. And I think I watched, uh, we we kept, we kept going back because we did have fun. So we did a bunch of like the classic showings and we did the last like uh, retro showing that I went to was um, what was oh Fight Club. Nice. So that was really fun too. Yeah, that's such a good point that you bring up that I haven't like super thought about before because I love movie theater experience and one of the things that I like about it is that it just removes all distractions and I have to sit there and I have to listen, which is really useful for me because I'm very easily distractible. But yeah, it's totally different to experience a movie with other people, and I usually prefer seeing I think watching movies with other people for that reason because it just puts your mind into like a different mindset where you like laugh more at things that are funny like I often don't laugh that much at movies when I'm alone even if I think it's funny although I definitely did laugh out loud at the movie that we're going to talk about later (laughs) even alone I did laugh out loud but yeah it's definitely a community experience a movie theater yeah it's really fun if you're into that (laughs) if you're into that (laughs) Do you remember the first movie that you saw without your parents or any kind of adult caregiver in a, in a movie theater? Oh my gosh. Okay. That's a good, that's a good question. I think it was Pearl Harbor. I'm Ooh. dating myself. My <laughs> I had a crush on Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett. Oh my gosh. And we sat, that was a really long movie too, to sit through in the summertime. I think we saw at the same theater where I saw Beauty and the Beast too. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I think it was Pearl Harbor. Nice. What a, what a dream to like have celebrities that you have crush on be in a really long movie together. I know. I was like, oh my God, who's she going to pick? <laughs> uh, what is your favorite movie theater snack? Oh, that's another great question. I would have to say, I, I really like the popcorn. Movie theater popcorn is my favorite because it feels like you get to indulge and it's always really delicious. And 
it doesn't feel right. And it, it's like tamales outside of Christmas time for me. Like it doesn't ever feel right unless it's in that particular setting. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, I also love the popcorn, although I do eat it at home too. But yeah, even when I go to the theater and I'm like, I'm not going to get popcorn this time. I'm not really hungry, but then you smell it. And then like, there's I no, yeah, there's no going back. Yeah, I have popcorn at home, but not with like the drizzle, the, you know, peanut or the butter and all that. Not not to the same extent. Mm-hmm. I worked at a movie theater for a couple of years. And so I know like what's in those oils. Do you want me to tell you or do you want it to be a secret? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's not that bad because like I, I was expecting them to be like hydrogenated soybean oil or something, but it's not hydrogenated and it's usually a blend of soybean oil and um, coconut oil and then maybe like a vegetable oil. Then the coconut oil is what gives it that kind of movie theater popcorn butter taste. So if you ever want to try to make it at home, you can get coconut oil and like mix that in with your popcorn. Like if you make it on the stovetop and that'll get that classic movie theater taste. Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it tonight. <laughs> it's so good. You got to post the recipe on your site. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> what movies have you seen in the Mile High Club? What movies have you seen on an airplane? Movies on an airplane. Okay. The last film that I watched on an airplane was when I went to Chicago in 2017. It was the 2016 romantic comedy, Me Before You. But what I remember most about that is my mom being like, you have to watch this movie. I thought about you. You are the female version of this character. You're you're like the female character in this movie. And I watched it and I was like, this is the most tackiest dress. Cause she thought I dressed like that. And I just remember like, mom, this is the tackiest dressed person <laughs> on television. How dare you? Oh no, mom. Because it beats yourself. <laughs> yeah. I can see how she'd be confused about it. But the the character is like this very quirky, kind of like goofy girl. And uh, she falls in love with a paraplegic man because she kind of becomes his caretaker, but they end up falling in love. And then there's a little like twist at the end. Gotcha. I wasn't expecting that because, you know, in a lot of the in-flight movies, they try to be like a little bit more uplifting and not too doom and gloom because they want to keep your mind fairly like, you know, fairly easygoing. And, and then there, the ending was like a little weird. And so I was like, oh, that's kind of a funny thing to have at the end of the movie. But OK. I won't spoil it. Okay. Because you said that your mom, like, it made her think of you. Whenever anyone tells me that, it's always like, I feel like, oh, this movie made me think of you or TV show or whatever. I'm always like on edge until I watch it. Because I'm like, what do you think of me? (laughs) What's it going to be? I always get whenever someone's like, you look exactly like this person. Let me show you a picture. I'm always like, no, I don't. I don't want to see the picture. Like, let me just, let me just picture in my head that it's just like, really beautiful stylish woman because in reality it never is so it's always like this person made me think of you I'm always like no please I don't want to see a picture don't show me I, I could live without it fair same <laughs> let's just let our imaginations take us where they need to go there we go perfect <laughs> just like movies exactly do you have any stories about times when you saw a movie on a first date my very first date out with a boy ever who was my first boyfriend and I was a very late bloomer so I was a freshman in college 
And it was this really weird movie with Jude Law and Angelina Jolie and Gwyneth Paltrow, or it was like Sky Captain or something like that. Oh, yeah. Those. Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. I remember sitting next to me the whole entire movie and then finally did that like weird thing at the very end where I like pretended to be yawning, but then wrapped my arm around him. <laughs> And then after that, then we like held hands and stuff. It was kind of funny. Oh, that's a great story. And I feel like that's that's the first move. Yeah. Big, bold, big, bold Rhoda. (laughs) I I had waited a very long time to have a boyfriend at that point. So it was like also pulling out all the stabs. Yeah, that's precious. I love it. I hope he appreciated you. (laughs) I also feel like that's a great first date movie, too, because it's very goofy and like just not maybe not good per se but I, I thought it was very fun like a very silly, yeah fun I agree movie. yeah it was kind of an it was I think we were a couple years away from like Marvel's first real coming out of you know Captain or um, Iron Man kind of kind of saga I think those are all of my personal questions wait 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 don't touch that dial. I want to tell you about some shows that I really like listening to, and you should too. I'm just asking for about two minutes of your time. Park your fingers and listen up. Ranking. Ever since the beginning of time, ranking has been part of the human culture. And that's why I've created this podcast, Rankinator, the ultimate ranking show. We take 20 items from a theme, give it to three contestants, and have them put it in order from 1 to 20 without knowing the rest of the words. But this isn't an intro, this is a trailer. So let's play some dramatic clips. The revolution will not be televised, they will not be edited. This is great. The Dick Van Dyke Show. All right, so uh, this is where we start to learn that uh, I am not culturally versed in TV shows from before my time. God, Checkers the dog got a bad rap. It sure did. Well, it's his fault for being a dumpy dog that belonged to an impeached president. I had six eggs for dinner. The last place item was Monster Energy Drink with negative 28 points. Good. There is some justice in the world. There's, Good. <laughs> there, there is a god. <laughs> yeah. I forgot of the bamboodle. I am the list master. I am the word curator. I am the one who keeps track of the listicles. I am your host, Kevin Scott Brown. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Kevin Scott Brown. And humans love to rank. Greetings, folks. This is Daniel Cordova, your host and metal guide of the Farbound Metal podcast. Farbound Metal is a show that sets out to defy what it means to be metal by exploring the minds of the musicians, writers, and metal media staples behind the genre that is largely made up of adults growling like monsters. Is the entire show an excuse for me to talk about The Simpsons, Prince, and Cats with my metal heroes? Absolutely. But we also talk about, I don't know, guitars and new albums and stuff, too. Each episode also features a guest squirming as they discuss their first band, and I recommend a new band for you to check out. It's a potpourri of metallic mayhem. You can find the show over at farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. The movie that we're looking at today is a 1997 comedy, which was directed by David Merkin, who you may know from The Edge, which was a comedy TV series that uh, jump-started a lot of popular comedy people's careers. And the screenplay by Robin Schiff, who is a playwright who wrote a stage play called Ladies' Room in the early 90s which featured Lisa Kudrow as a character. 
called Michelle. Ladies Room was a series of comedy vignettes that were all about women, and one of the characters in it was Michelle. And Robin Schiff was also part of the Groundlings, the famous LA comedy troupe, as well as Lisa Kudrow. And thankfully, someone decided to turn this into a movie, which was called Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Mm-hmm. And you chose this movie, Rhoda, because you said that it is very special to you or important to you. Can you tell me a little bit more about why this movie means so much to you? I chose this movie because it is probably my favorite movie. I have a, a two-way tie for favorite movie. And I think that it is just so funny and so smart. And it came out um, when I was, let's see, if it came out in 97, then I would have been about 12. But I had a best friend who we were tied at the hip and we were also cousins. So we got to spend every second together because we were like family engagements together and then school together all the time. And um, so it was kind of like the movie that we watched together and loved because, you know, it was a buddy movie about two girls and we were buddies. And she even bought it for me for Christmas one year on VHS. And so it's very nostalgic for me in that sense of it was just that movie that my best friend and I would always watch every year and have a lot of fun when I think about like the sleepovers and the conversations that we had while watching this movie. And I also think that it was kind of the first time I, I've always loved movies. I've always loved, you know, music and TV Um, since, since forever, I can't remember ever not being into it once I kind of came online, um, as a person. And so (laughs) I think it was probably the first movie that I would say I really liked just independently of my parents and that I could see that two girls could be funny and smart and silly and goofy and have a lot of fun. It was a, it's a great buddy movie, which at the time I hadn't seen a lot with just two girls. So I think it was a really good introduction into like female centric comedy, which was great. Totally. I love that. Yeah. What a sweet movie to bond over, especially like if you had that kind of cool friendship with somebody. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You had never seen the movie before, right? Yeah, I had never. Well, I saw it someone put it on at a party once and so it was like playing in the background but I so basically I just like saw the visuals and wasn't really sure what was happening because everyone was talking and laughing and everything but yeah so this is my first time seeing it like actually sitting down and watching it and it definitely was not what I expected in that first of all I think it's huge that it was written by a woman and I think that's part of what makes it so good because I was kind of worried that it was going to be written by a man <laughs> basically because yeah. so yeah. comedy movies that star women or about women or women's relationships that are written by men are just not good like there's usually just so much cringe and so much like that's not how women are <laughs> types of things yeah. so as soon as I saw like oh it's written by a woman shit like this is probably going to be good and it is <laughs> I think you can really feel that because it's like written by someone who understands and a woman in comedy writing comedy so yeah, I think you can feel that throughout the whole film. Yeah. And it passes the Bechdel test most of the time. There, I mean, there's some stuff about boys in there, but for the most part, it's like really about their friendship. And what I love about them is they there's some semblance of competition between them of like who's cuter or you know, who sometimes you realize like Romy thinks Michelle's maybe a little little flighty or dummy sometimes, but in general they really root 
each other on like I can't believe you look so cute you look great you know that they're really good stands for one another which I always think is really sweet yeah they had a line at the beginning of the movie where they say like it's so great that we can just say how cute we are and like know that we're not conceited or something like that and I was like hell yeah live your power (laughs) yeah yeah it's so great I was just gonna say that the fashion in the movie is really fun too I feel like the late like mid to late 90s comedy movies there's always a lot of like fun clothing and and really bright colors and and I and a lot of I think you know I appreciate what you're saying about Romy and Michelle being written by a woman multi-dimensional and that they you see the other characters too like Heather Mooney has a couple of layers to her or even Christy Masters kind of has a couple layers to her too which I think is fun very true yeah all of the these none of these characters are throwaway characters and it's like a lot of women characters too who all have depth to them even if they're not the main character right Well, up top, I want to get my least favorite things about the movie out of the way so that we can then go to my favorite moments because there's a lot more of those. So just sort of a, also a like, what's it called? Content note for anyone who wants to watch this very fun, female-fronted friendship movie from the 90s. There is a lot of fat shaming, a lot of fat phobia, um, a lot of diet talk, which I think it bothered me a little bit less just because these characters are supposed to be dumb. Like we're, we're not supposed to really want to be like them. Like they're kind of like not very smart. So in a way it was sort of like, well, like it is realistic that these like not very smart ladies in LA, which is obsessed with appearance would be so obsessed with dieting and all that. And especially in the nineties. But just throwing that out there, that's definitely in there. If that's something that bothers you. There's one homophobic joke, which I also kind of, it ends in a way that I loved, which is that Romeo and Michelle say, like, should we have sex to see if we're lesbian? Like, to see if we can oh, be lesbians? Yeah. <laughs> if, but, but if they're not married by the time they're 30. Yeah, because at first Romy's like, ew, like, she's like super grossed out in an unnecessary <laughs> way. She could have just been yeah. like, nah, it doesn't really work like that. But instead yeah. she's like, disgusted. But then she's like, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not there's, there's, yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff that you kind of, it, I feel like any time you watch a movie that's more than 20 something years old, you kind of have to like brace yourself for the the um, content that maybe didn't age as well as you would have liked it to. Yeah. And as far as that goes, this movie isn't that bad in, in terms of that. Yeah, not too, too bad. And a lot of it's just like they're kind of fat shaming themselves, I think, or just like, ah, I can't believe I am killing myself for eight days and I gained a pound. You know, did you deduct 16 pounds for your shoes? Just every, like everyone kind of falls or, yeah. or that Michelle thinks that they got fat, but they're pregnant. Yes. That was really funny. Fat with a baby. Pregnant, you half wit. Another thing is that there's only one person of color with speaking lines in this whole movie and he is not a good guy. Well, I don't know. He's a horn dog who's like just lusting after Romy, which like mm-hmm. she's super hot and all her outfits are super hot. So I understand. And they, it could have been worse. And I think that's one of the things where you can really tell that this was written by a woman because mm-hmm. it made me kind of uncomfortable. He was being so like creepy towards her 
but it didn't take it to the level that I feel like I've seen in so many other movies and where it's like normalized and okay. Like it clearly wasn't okay that he was doing this behavior. And so you're able to like look at him that way. But then on the other hand, he was also the only person of color. So it's like, does the person of color, only person of color in your whole movie need to be the like gross or like. Well, yeah, they're playing like, oh, he's just a hot Latin lover kind of stereotype. Yeah, that too. Yeah. But, but I, yeah. I do love the scene where she fakes an orgasm to, like, give him clout. Yeah. To get his car. Like, okay, thanks. Get off me now. Yes. Like, when I talk about that movie to a lot of people, that's a particular scene that stands out a lot. When they're fake having sex in the, in the service room. You're Columbus. Discover me, Ramon. Just discover me. That's yeah. such a funny scene. Yeah. And that brings me to one of my favorite moments in the movie which is like that itself was very funny, but then also, so while they're pretending to have sex in the service room, the other service workers gather around the door to listen and they're like rubbing each other. They're like yeah, I know. piled up on each other and like rub- rubbing their hands on each other. <laughs> they're like enjoying it. So a cigar randomly. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, that, that was definitely one of my favorite moments. There's a lot of little gems, I think, in the movie. This is my last least favorite moment. And that's just throughout the movie, being mean to Trudy, um, Janine Garofalo's character, Heather, Mm -hmm. it's just like a running gag where she just keeps screaming at this poor girl (laughs) throughout the movie and then including at the reunion. And I don't know, it just feels mean. And it also felt like that character was also the only fat character in the movie. So it was like, it's almost, I feel like it's almost normalized. Like, well, it's like, okay to be mean to her because she's like fat and not wearing cute clothes or something. And yeah, she's wearing good blazers. It was a character played by Cameron Mannheim. I think it's Cameron, I think her name is Cameron Mannheim. Yeah, you always feel a little bad for Toby. Yeah. And there is at least a moment at the end where, well, Heather doesn't apologize, but she at least realizes the effects of her bullying. <laughs> but she still doesn't right. have that moment of like, oh, wait, I'm a bully. <laughs> it makes her happy to know that she like made someone's life miserable. She's like, that's tremendous. Go get your stupid yearbook. I would be happy to sign it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, it makes her so happy to know that like she'd always hurt her feelings. Yeah. Which is kind of the beauty of Heather Mooney. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, very not interesting character. Be, yeah, not that it's good to be like a bully in any capacity, but Heather Mooney was an especially funny character. Janine is super funny. She has some great lines. And mm-hmm. I also loved her ridiculous arc with the um, like silent redneck, <laughs> the dark cowboy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It took me for, I've literally watched that movie dozens of times, but I, it took me a couple years ago that I barely realized that it was Justin Thoreau. Yes. I was like, oh my God, that's Justin Thoreau. Yeah. He's very sexy. Can you imagine like if he was just at your high school dressed like that? Like, no, that would be a wrap. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted to gravitate towards like the weirdest guys too. So your stage name is Rhoda Ramon. Mm-hmm. Rhoda and you mentioned that watching this movie I would get to learn something about why you chose that name yes okay so I promised I promised you that I would tell you my actual name so my my name is Ava like when I was in high school I developed a pen name because all of my heroes had stage names or pen names like every single one of them that I just adored had a different name so then I decided I was going to give myself a rock and roll name and so <laughs> I told you that I watched this movie with my best friend 
who was a star athlete. She was voted number one athlete of our entire school senior year of high school. She was like winter homecoming princess. All the boys had a huge crush on her. She was like a all-star soccer and softball player. Never (laughs) can't. So of the two of us, I was certainly the Rhoda and she was the Mary. So that's a big debate that they have in the movie of like, who's cuter, who's the, from the Mary Tyler Moore show, the cuter one is Mary Tyler Moore and her sidekick Rhoda is, is slightly less cuter. So it became a running joke that I was the Rhoda of the two of us and then just love that. And then my favorite band was the Ramones. So if you know, like Joey, Ramon, Tommy, Ramon, et cetera. So that I adopted my rock and roll name to be Rhoda Ramon. Oh my gosh, that is, that's such a brilliant story. And it's such Secret a cool name. Now. Even without knowing that story, yeah, which I, think I haven't worked. known it till now. But yeah, it's such a such an awesome name. Yeah, so you can see why the movie has such a big place in my heart for sure, for a lot of different reasons. But yeah, that was uh that was one of the like pinnacle turning points of the movie is that they get into a fight about which one's the Mary and which one's the Rhoda, which mm-hmm. leads to them fighting and then leads us into a dream sequence which I'm really embarrassed at how long it took me to realize it was a dream sequence. <laughs> do, do you remember like the first time you watched it where you, did you like just know right away, oh, this is a dream or like how long it took you? I didn't until, uh, I, yeah, I really didn't. And probably until she gets in the limo with Sandy and you realize that there's something like off about the whole thing. And that's usually, but yeah, it took me a really long time. Even during the limo scene, even when she got hit by a limo and like rolled over the limo, rolled across the ground and then got up and was just like, ow, (laughs) kind of annoyed. I still didn't realize, oh, maybe this isn't real. Lapstick comedy from the 90s. (laughs) Yeah. Also in that dream sequence, one of my favorite lines is Sandy goes to help her up after hitting her with his limo or his limo driver hitting her. And he says, come on, I have boxes of Kleenex in my limo. He's saying that like a boast, like as if it's like champagne or something. Yeah. <laughs> like that was something that it would be so coveted. I mean, maybe today boxes of tissue and Kleenex would be coveted, but true not in, these, in these pandemic times. <laughs> Another one of my favorite moments is Lisa Luter. So in the group of girls who bully Romy and Michelle in high school, we see them coming. We see them again at the reunion. And there was one girl who tried to like speak out against the bully girls and was like, oh, their fashion is actually kind of cool, I think. And then they all just like evil eye her down. Flash forward to the actual high school reunion. She is like a super hot lesbian. (laughs) She's a fashion designer for Vogue. I like her power suit. (laughs) Yes. And she has like flipped back hair. She's like what Romeo and Michelle actually were trying to pretend to be exactly and I don't know like I might be projecting to think that she was supposed to be like queer coded did you pick up on that or you know what I didn't until you said that and now my mind is blown (laughs) so I learned something new about the movie every single time (laughs) nice in a way sometimes if you've seen something more often it also it almost makes you like less aware of stuff because it just becomes like such a familiar like Mm -hmm. pattern I don't know but I think it's which one of them bumps into her first? Romy bumps into her first, yeah. So Romy bumps into this just like 
white pantsuit shoulder and she like turns around and just her energy and like vibe and like the way she like looks at Romy it's like kind of like a I don't know almost flirtatiously I was yeah like, damn yeah. <laughs> she can eyeing, everyone's sizing him up yeah that was one of my favorite moments I never picked up on that no I can't unsee it <laughs> Hopefully that's a good thing. Especially when they have it at the end where she's like, unlike some dried up ball busting career woman, then you realize like, oh yeah, she wasn't married. So now I'm like, oh, I can't see it. She totally was. <laughs> yep. Busting and all the balls. Not, well, she, I mean, she's super hot too. Mm-hmm. So I sent you a meme that I made inspired by the ending of the movie because mm-hmm. I want what Romy and Michelle and Sandy have Mm -hmm. (laughs) the finale of the movie is that Sandy this guy who's been in love with Michelle like he doesn't really know her but he thinks he's been in love with Michelle since high school and he ends up dancing with both of them in this hilarious scene and then bankrolling both of them to follow their dreams so they're basically just like this power throuple Mm -hmm. and basically goals for real yeah be finding the you know the two is much more better than finding the one there we go 2021 vibes we need to take out we've got taiko att out there living his best life that's what we all need i'm here for it right what are some of your favorite moments i probably know most of the movie by heart just because i've watched it so many times it's that movie that i watch when i'm sad or just kind of in the mood for it i watched it again last night in preparation for today but probably my favorite part is when do, do you want me to kind of say the plot a little bit just so yeah give us a little synopsis of the movie okay. from your perspective the synopsis is about shocker these two friends named Romeo and michelle and they grow up in Tucson where they're kind of these like weird outcasts. They march to the beat of their own drum. They don't really fit in with any particular group, but they're kind of made fun of by what is called the A group. And Romy is always kind of wishing that she could be a part of it, but she's overweight. Like her, when you're talking about fat shaming, like her thing to overcome in high school was that she was overweight and Michelle has this back brace. And the A group is kind of always tormenting them. And of course, Romy is in love with uh, the the main bitch who's essentially the Regina George. Her name is Christy Masters. Um, she's in love with her boyfriend. And they just torment them. Even at the, the last night of high school, before they move out to Los Angeles to live up their big dreams of just moving to Los Angeles, she asks him to dance and Christy sets it up so that he basically abandons her at the party and she just stays and waits for him. This breaks her heart. It's horrible. We've all been there before in high school. If you've ever had unrequited love, you know, it's awful. Flash forward to 10 years later and uh, they go, they decide to go to their high school reunion, but they realize that really they've just been having like a blast in Los Angeles partying all the time. They don't really have any careers. They kind of just are there like having a good time. And so Romy feels kind of inadequate to go. So um, they try to like get boyfriends and get jobs and lose weight, but it doesn't really work. So they decide that they're going to like dress like power executives and show up and tell everybody that they invented post-its. And of course, everybody knows that that's not true. And Christy Masters is the one that kind of like exploits their big lie at the, be- at the end in front of everybody. And it kind of, that's like kind of the big crisis in the movie. 
And then at the end, they realize that they just need each other, that those people really aren't important and that it's not worth, you know, their friendship, the cost of their friendship. And, and then that's kind of the thing. And, and there's a side thing of Sandy Frank has always been in love with Michelle and he ends up kind of like being the huge dork of his school too, and goes and becomes this billionaire because he's invented some kind of rubber. And so he could show up in a helicopter and, and, and kind of, let's Romy and Michelle open up their own store because they're really like fashion forward and make their own dresses and stuff like that. So that's pretty much a basic synopsis of the movie. There's so many more great characters and ins and outs to that. You have this really great kind of like alt goth girl played by Janine Groffelin and Heather Mooney, who was just like so mad and so upset and so malcontent all the time and always chain smoking. And she invents some kind of like quick burning paper and and there's good villains, Christy Masters and her, you know, army of skanks are kind of like always trying to ruin everyone's life. And, and then you have the object of Romy's affection is Bobby Christensen. And, uh, and he's just kind of a mess. Like he's your typical high school quarterback himbo and then she finally has kind of like her revenge on him at the end too so it's it's a really funny like buddy movie about you know going back and trying to impress people that really aren't really worth being you know impressed but I think my my favorite part of the movie is when Michelle finally has to reckon with Romy after Christy Masters has exploited their big lie in front of the entire reunion And she basically tells her, like, I never thought high school was not fun. And I never thought anything since high school was bad because I've just been with you and I've been having a blast with you. And I think that you're amazing and great. And I I wouldn't have it any other way. And then you realize that, you know, Romy realizes that she feels the same way. And then they go and tell Christy Masters to fuck off. And I always thought that that was a really sweet part. Sometimes you need your friend to like snap you back into reality of like the grass wasn't ever that green on the other side or those people's lives really aren't as great as you think that they are and you're not missing much. So that's probably my favorite part. Heather Mooney is a super mean person, but I love when she and the cowboy have their first like legitimate conversation where he tells her about how much he hated school, how he couldn't breathe. And then then he just always has a crush on her and she gets shocked and she's like, okay, fine. And then you see them like making out at the end. So that's another great scene. That's one of my favorite things and why I kind of like the Sandy thing too, is like, I really like it when a man has a crush on a woman, like it's like a trope but like isn't pushy about it he's just like quietly waiting he's like well i'm just gonna love you no matter what i think that's great <laughs> very cute like, michelle you're looking very lovely today you always take my breath away okay see you in my <laughs> yeah ellen cumming is is really great in that role he is and especially the yeah. difference too because i don't i think he's a cute person but they really dorked him up for the high school yeah, scene. Yeah, little unibrow and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. That was so cute. I loved your synopsis and especially this the description of like the turning point of the movie. I like teared up a little bit, which I also did watching it. Because yeah, mm-hmm. it's just so sweet. And the way that you realize Michelle really is the most successful person because well, if you define 
success by just like being happy and content with whatever it is you're doing, then Michelle is living it because she's just perfectly happy with how they are and how they were. And that's lovely. Yeah. You, cause you realize that their big dream was just to move to LA. It wasn't like move to LA and be an actor. (laughs) Their dream was just to hang out and be together in LA. And then they were living out their dream and having a great time. Yeah. She was just having a lot of fun. They made it. Yeah. And then especially at the end and they get to open up their own store. Yes. I also love those kinds of stories where just like, just like a feel good story of like, they just, Mm -hmm. they just get it at the end and, and they deserved it. And yeah. so often that doesn't happen in real life. So it feels really good to see that on screen. Mm-hmm. Well, even Heather Mooney softens up a little bit at the end. She wears like a cute like dress that has like lemons on it or something. <laughs> she tries to introduce some colors into her into her wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Very begrudgingly. For me, I feel like I've given birth, but she's a giant baby girl who smokes and says shit a lot. <laughs> Dream daughter. <laughs> that was so good. And they um, just loved that like helped her out and helped her like brighten up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all they're doing is like being themselves and bringing joy to people around them by Mm -hmm. doing that. Yeah. If you had to choose between Romy, Michelle and Heather, which one would you say you are? Which one would I, am I truer to in real life? Or which one would I like? If, if you imagine like a Buzzfeed quiz, which one do you think you would get? I would hands down get Heather. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Heather Mooney for sure, because she's just such a malcontent sometimes, but then you realize that she just doesn't trust anybody or doesn't but that like once you warm up to her, that she actually could be like pretty sweet and and nice. And she gets to make out with Justin Throw at the end. So that's yeah. great. good yeah. choice. Who would you say that you are in your heart? Like, is that the same? Or who I would aspire to be is probably Michelle, because I think Michelle is just so sweet and she doesn't let a whole lot get to her. And maybe because a lot of it goes over her head, but, um, and she's super, you know, she's a talented person and making all of those clothes and stuff and, and just really sweet and, and kind of unaffected by everything, which I wish I could be more like so bad. Same. My answer is actually exactly the same as yours. I would totally get Heather on like a BuzzFeed quiz, but I totally want to be like Michelle and just like, yeah, just be myself and be happy with that and not comparing or trying to the way that um, Romy is really trying to follow the formula and trying to she wants to be Christy and she can't see that Christy is actually miserable, a miserable human being because she wants to be her so much. And Michelle yeah. is able to kind of wake her up from that, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Then at the end, she finally sees that it's all like a facade about everything. Yeah. It's a beautiful story and it deserves higher than 73% on a Rotten Tomatoes. That's all it got? Oh my yeah. gosh. So if you're listening to this, go make a Rotten Tomatoes account and go give it a higher rating. <laughs> I do. The more I think about Lisa Luter, the more I'm like, I think it was kind of brilliant that she was like the excommunicated mean girl. Got so tired of their shit and always being told to like be quiet. And then she was just like, oh, you shut up, Christy. And then she's the one that got to be actually successful and happy also. Yeah. 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 I would be too scared to wear a white suit because I know I would get food on it. Yeah. You just like can't walk near any food or drinks. Even the shirt that I have on today, I've had a couple close calls. So I always have to like, if it's white, I'm like, there's no food. I probably have like a three or four hour minimum in this. 
outfit before it's a wrap. I have like a couple white shirts, but I'll only wear them if I'm like going to something that's only a couple hours long. Like it's not a full full day thing. Yeah. So even more pr- respect to Lisa Luter. Absolutely. Well, any other any other thoughts you'd like to share on this movie or any compelling arguments you have to force people to watch it? It's a great movie for that I know a lot of like men and women like it too, but I wouldn't say it's like a great kind of alternative to your usual quote unquote chick flicks. And I think a movie like this kind of walked so that, you know, a movie like mean girls could run. It's just a, a feel good uplifting movie, which I, I think is so needed sometimes, especially that I have a tendency to bog myself down in a lot of movies that are like dark or tough like you know action uh, drama kind of serial killer crazy movies like that so it's it's a great movie to just kind of watch if you want something that goes down fairly easy I could see myself putting this on in the background because it's just there's so many jokes crammed into it because I watched it again this morning and like saw things I didn't see yesterday when mm-hmm. I watched it and then yeah the friendship between them is just like just wonderful to watch it's so funny and so yeah. cute We should all be so lucky to have a good friend. For real. Cool. Well, anything else on the movie? (laughs) Um, No, I just really appreciate you having me. I hope that anyone that hasn't seen it checks it out. I hope you like it and it brings you as much joy as it's brought me over the years. Yeah, me too. And thank you so much for being on the show. Hopefully you can. And and if you guys want to follow me, I'm just at Rhoda Ramon on all of my social media. Yes. Follow Rhoda on everything, please. Much. Thank you. Thank you.